Welcome back to the podcast of the Francis Asbury Society. This is episode 59. I'm Josh Hallahan, Director of Discipleship. And today we are grateful to have Dr. Vic Reasoner, our Director of Publishing, share a devotion with us. In the calendar year yesterday, uh, as of this recording, was Palm Sunday, and Vic shares a great devotion uh, to help us as we journey through this holy week and think about our commitment to Jesus and, most importantly, his commitment to us. Enjoy this devotion. Thanks for checking us out. God bless. Well, this is Holy Week, and I want to just back up to yesterday and start off with uh, the prophecy of Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you riding, righteous, and having salvation, gentle, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Um, Jewish scholars, Christian scholars, all agree that this is a reference to the Messiah who would be coming. And then all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, record the entrance of, of Jesus Christ into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, which was April the 2nd, A.D. 30, about 500 years after Zechariah had predicted it. We were discussing before we officially began, and, and George um, uh, is, is on track, that sometimes pastors find a difficult uh, task in um, telling the same story in a way that holds people's attention. And I don't know if I'll be able to tell you anything you haven't heard this morning, but I want to remind us uh, of, of commitment. And I think this story of, of Palm Sunday illustrates three levels of commitment. And, and the, the low-level, low-commitment uh, would be the devotion of the crowd. Um, I, I think it's safe to say that there was interest, renewed, heightened interest in, in Jesus because he had just raised Lazarus from the dead. Now, as he leaves Bethany and rides the two miles, uh, actually, he walks every day except this Palm Sunday. As he rides into Jerusalem, uh, he attracts attention. The crowd begins to grow. People are soon cutting the, uh, the tree branches and spreading their garments in the road to make some sort of a makeshift uh, red carpet, as it, as it were. Um, and spontaneously, this swells into a parade. By the Mount of Olives, on the east side of Jerusalem, the crowd has picked up those words uh, from the Psalms that that mean, oh, Lord, save us. We know them as Hosanna. And it's interesting that the Pharisees are interested that everything be kept um, within certain parameters, and they want Jesus to shut his disciples down. And it's in this instance that Jesus makes the statement, if they are quiet, the stones will cry out. And I think this may refer to, to nature. Uh, all creation knows its creator. The earth is full of glory and praise to God, and particularly in the springtime with uh, the flowers blooming and birds singing. You know, everything is bringing glory to God except mankind. And uh, 
our our song is off tune, isn't it? And uh, we're we're really not on this on the right page. Um, it is a matter of speculation, George, whether it's the same crowd Friday, but it's I think it's reasonable to assume that at least some of the same people who cry Hosanna on Palm Sunday may have been caught up uh, with other influences by Friday and they're crying crucify. And so let me just give you this word picture. I don't know if this happened either, George, but let's say that uh, Jesus is carrying the cross Friday and he's going outside the gates of the city. Do you suppose he might have had to step over a withered palm branch left over from the previous Sunday? You know, it's just likely that those palm branches were no longer in use. By now they had withered and all of the praise and glory of a moment is forgotten because things keep moving forward. And so it doesn't matter if we're talking of politics or sports, you know, people can be heroes one day and bums the next. They can, uh, you can be cheered for a home run one day and booed for a strikeout the next. Um, and and that's, that's the level of commitment that some people have. They are Christmas and Easter church members. But I want to suggest there's a higher level of commitment, and that's the commitment of the donkey. I think the donkey had a higher level of commitment to the cause of Jesus Christ than many of the crowd did. You know, this is the only time in Holy Week that Jesus rides. Every other day he walks two miles to Jerusalem, two miles back. And he didn't ride on Sunday because he was tired. But I think he rode on this particular day to fulfill the prophecies of Zechariah. Zechariah said this will be the way we can identify the Messiah. And, and uh, so Jesus fulfilled prophecy. But he doesn't ride in on a war horse. He rides in on an animal that's a common work animal. And he rides in on an animal that's borrowed. That might be a little indicator as to... Uh, as to how much money was in the bank account for the disciples. Um, so this was not an expensive racehorse. Now, the colt is usually considered to be under one year old. Both the colt and the mother are brought to Jesus. And if you read the gospel accounts, it doesn't seem that the uh, disciples are sure which one Jesus is going to get on and ride. But Jesus gets on the colt, and uh, Mark and Luke make sure we know that this colt has never been ridden before. Um, normally, an animal needs to be broken. Horse trainers in Kentucky are paid to break horses in. Um, we often think that donkeys are even more stubborn than a horse is. But notice that this little colt seems to submit to the lordship of Jesus, even, even if, the, if the rocks will cry out in praise to Jesus. So a colt that has never been ridden before somehow instinctively realizes that its master has climbed on board.
I, I want to just suggest that sometimes um, we as parents are willing to serve Jesus, but we don't want it to be too hard for our children. But this, this mother, she doesn't kick, she doesn't push back when Jesus mounts her one-year-old. Um, she doesn't work herself into a lather over what's being done to her little colt, but she is willing to surrender to this plan and to allowing God to use her offspring as well. And so really that's almost a higher level of commitment, but the highest level of commitment, of course, is, is our Lord himself. And as he approaches Jerusalem, the parade is in full swing from the crest of the Mount of Olives. He can look and see the whole city. He only needs to go another half mile, cross the Kidron Valley, and he'll be inside Jerusalem. But Luke says that at this point, Jesus begins to weep. And who would weep at their own parade? It's because Jesus not only sees a half a mile, into the city and sees the temple, but Jesus prophetically looks 40 years into the future. And that same generation in the spring of AD 67 will witness Nero sending in his general, Titus, uh, to lay siege to Jerusalem. And the temple will be leveled. Over a million will die under that siege. And Jesus is not so wrapped up in his own agenda, his own ego, but he cares. And he weeps because all of that devastation is unnecessary. It's not necessary for that to happen, but it comes as a consequence of them rejecting God's plans. So why would Jesus proceed into Jerusalem knowing that is the place of his death. You know, I heard about a man once who said uh, all he wanted to know is where he was going to die. And his friends asked him, why are you so obsessed with knowing where you're going to die? And he explained, he said, if I knew where I was going to die, I'd never go near the place. And yet Jesus enters Jerusalem knowing that's the place of his death. He had been trying for over a year to prepare his disciples for what was going to happen. And this is when Peter pushes back and uh, Jesus has to rebuke him. Jesus knew what was going to happen in Jerusalem. He knew he was going to be mocked and spit on and scourged and killed. He knew that Judas would betray him. He knew that Peter would deny. But as he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, it's that total commitment, not my will, but your will be done. Talk is cheap, but actions prove commitment. And by the time Jesus gets to the cross, he's alone and forsaken. But it's his commitment that takes him all the way. And so um, people today are just normally committed to themselves what feels good, what meets their needs. Few of us are willing to sacrifice, but now Jesus is calling us his disciples 
to take up our cross and make a 100% commitment that goes past the parade of the moment, the excitement of the moment. And that's, that's where we are. The crowd is going to dissipate in the days that come. But Jesus persists all the way to the cross. I'm glad he didn't stop. Thank you, Vic, for that great devotion. And thank you, listener, for stopping by. It's always our hope and prayer that these devotions are an encouragement to you. On behalf of the Francis Asbury Society, we are wishing you and yours and your community a wonderful Easter celebration as we celebrate our risen Lord. If you need more information about the Francis Asbury Society, check out our website, francisasburysociety.com. And let me also remind you to make sure you've taken a listen to the special episode uh, before this one of a little interview with the president-elect, Reverend Bill Kearse. Uh, and be praying for Bill during this time of transition. Thank you so much. God bless. We'll see you next week.